بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Today we've come together to and learn together one of the topics regarding the prophets and the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed, it is, you know, it's important I mean, for us to learn affairs, I mean, matters, the events I mean, regarding the prophets and the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because by them, Allah azza wa jal has sent guidance to mankind. By them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set the example I mean, for mankind. Now, first and foremost, we need to reflect upon the perfect knowledge and wisdom of Allah Azza wa Jal. As we know from the names, the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Khaliq, that He is the Creator. So He, Allah Azza wa Jal, is the Creator alone, and He has no partners, and nothing has a share in creating. With Allah Azza wa Jal. And everything else besides Allah, they are creation. They are creation. So Allah is the sole creator. And every or all of the creation, they are and he created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything else besides Allah, they are the creation. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is Al Alim. He is the all knowing. So therefore, when he, Allah Azza wa Jal, creates or decrees, he creates and he decrees according to his perfect knowledge. So there is no mistake and no flaw in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he decides or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to do. Likewise, from his beautiful names, he's Al-Hakim. He is the All-Wise. So all of the actions of Allah, all of His decree, they are based upon His perfect wisdom. Likewise, Allah Azza wa Jal, His Ar-Rahman, He is the most merciful. He shows mercy to all of His creation. And to all of His creation. Likewise, His Al-Qayyum, the self-subsisting, and upon whom everything depends. So everything depends upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything, every single thing besides Allah depends upon Him. They require sustenance from Allah. They require aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will see throughout our lecture, inshallah, and the implication of these beautiful names of Allah Azza wa Jal. Most of this talk will be based upon what Sheikh Salim al-Huthaymeen has and he mentioned and written and regarding the wisdom in the sending of the prophets and the messengers. The Shaykh he started and he said, Allah willed and chose to create mankind. And Allah willed and chose to create mankind in a condition that they will constantly be in need of Him. So constantly the creation, 
human beings. And other than the human beings, they are in constant need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this condition that we have been created in, that is changeless. That is changeless. Meaning a person cannot and he change his situation and become on a level which he is a deity where he is divine or the level of and he the creator. So the condition in which mankind has been created, that is changeless. Things in the lives of the creation can change, but their condition of them being weak, being deficient, them being in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is changeless. That is changeless. So every breath that a person takes, every step that they take, they are in constant need of Allah to aid them in it. To aid them and in it. So whatever position, whatever amount of knowledge that a person gathers, whatever status a person gains in this dunya, whatever amount of wealth a person acquires and gathers for himself or herself, then that situation of theirs remains changeless. Meaning they are always and constantly in a condition of needing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every lahza, every moment of, of their lives. Sheikh Shalib al he starts and he says, Allah chose to create Adam from clay by his hands and fashion him and inserted and blew his soul within him, meaning within Adam. Then Allah taught Adam the names of everything, the names of all the creatures. And here Allah commanded and the angels to prostrate before him in respect. And in respect. So this the Shaykh is touching upon the beginning of the creation of mankind, which began with the creation of our forefather Adam alayhi salam. The Shaykh says, in addition, Allah bestowed upon Adam or bestowed Adam with intellect. He bestowed him or bestowed upon him a mind. Now this intellect and this mind, brothers and sisters, enabled Adam to think, to understand, to reason amongst other abilities that were given to him. And he was made a prophet by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning he received revelation from Allah. He received revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal, which he, Adam, taught to his children, to his descendants. Then Allah chose to create a wife for Adam, named Hawa. Then Allah created many men and women from them. And this was the origin and the beginning of the creation and existence of mankind. Then those men and those women, and who were the children and the descendants of Adam, scattered across the earth. And they scattered across the earth in different locations, seeking their provisions and utilizing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had placed at their disposal. 
what Allah Azza wa Jal had created for them. At that point, when mankind scattered across the earth, mankind worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal according and in line with the revelation and the revealed laws and regulations and commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The commands and the revelation that He conveyed and to Adam. So at the beginning of the creation of mankind, and the earlier part of the creation of mankind, and those first descendants of Adam, they all worshipped Allah according to the laws, to the regulation and the revelation that was sent to Adam. It did not differ in that. And it did not, and it differ in that. So they all worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal according to that decree that was revealed to Adam. And that which Allah Azza wa Jal sent to Adam was designed by Allah to be suitable for their time and to be suitable for their circumstances. Then the Sheikh says, during that period of time, there was an absence of cause that would be able to tempt them, and he meaning the descendants of Adam, that would be able to tempt them to the degree of them diverting away from the one who their forefather Adam used to worship. There was an absence of cause that would take them away from the worship of Allah and change that course to a different method of worship, to a different way of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they all adhered to the example of Adam, and he precisely, and they would not desire any to change it. So during the beginning, or in the beginning of the, of the creation of mankind, and the early part of humankind, and there was no differences in terms of who they worshipped and how they worshipped. They all remained upon the teachings of Adam. There was an absence of cause, as the Sheikh mentioned. It was nothing that was present, that was able or strong enough to take them away and to worship other than Allah, or to worship Allah in a different manner, in a different method. So the Sheikh says, with the passing of a lengthy period of time, and the significant increase and parting of the descendants of Adam, their place of habitation had expanded, and the competing of people in worldly attainment, differing between them, occurred and prevailed, which led to deviation from the way and the teachings of their forefather Adam. So these now reach a certain period of time throughout the history of mankind, where these causes, okay, these things that started to occur amongst the descendants of Adam, started to make mankind or cause mankind to deviate away from that which was revealed to Adam alayhi salam. Therefore Allah, the Sheikh says, therefore Allah commenced the sending of the messengers. He commands the sending of the messengers. And the first messenger sent to the people was Nuh. Was Nuh. 
and known to other people as Prophet Noah. So here we see a history, a little breakdown or summary of the history of the beginning of mankind, where all the people were upon one understanding and regarding who they worshipped and how they worshipped Allah and his subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was during the time of Prophet Nuh that mankind differed. They started to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the influence of Iblis who came to the people as if he was an advisor. He was an, as if he was a good advisor to the people and told them to build statues and pictures of the righteous and pious people who had passed away amongst them so that they may remember them. And by remembering them, that you may emulate them and follow their example. So this was the trick of Iblis upon the people of Noah. So they made their statues of their righteous people. And then the latter generations, they lost that connection to why those statues or those pictures were there in the first place. So Iblis came again. And he said to them, those statues are there and those pictures are there because these are the people who your forefathers used to worship. So therefore worship them. So the people embarked upon shirk. Whilst before that, they were upon tawheed. Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and worshipping Allah and in the same method, in the same way. Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran, كَانَ النَّاسُ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا That the people, they were one nation, they were one community. The Sheikh says, أَيْ عَلَى دِينَ وَاحِدْ فَاخْتَلَفُوا They mean they, were, they meant they were upon one religion, one method. فَاخْتَلَفُوا then they differed. فَبَعْثَ اللَّهُ النَّبِيِّينَ مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ وَأَنزَلَ مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابِ بِالْحَقِّ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فِيمَا اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ Then Allah sent prophets as givers of glad tidings and warners against falsehood and evil. And He sent with them Scriptures, books of revelation, bilhaq in truth, liyahkuma nas, so that they may judge between the people regarding that which they differed in. To judge between them regarding that which they differed in. To, to show and to prove what is the truth and what is falsehood. So that the people may return back to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and the worship of Allah according to the correct method. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, Ibn Abbas, he said, كَانَ بَيْنَ نُوحُ وَآدَمُ عَشَرَةُ قُرُونَ كُلُّهُمْ عَلَى شَرِيعَةٍ مِنَ الْحَقِّ فَاخْتَلَفُوا فَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ النَّبِيِّينَ مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ Ibn Abbas, the noble companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said, 
that there were ten generations between Adam and Nuh. So between Adam alayhi salam and Nuh and Prophet and uh, Prophet Nuh, there were ten generations. They were all upon one legislation, one way, one method of truth. Then they differed. Meaning during the time of Nuh, they differed. So Allah sent prophets as the givers, as givers of light tidings and warners against falsehood and evil. Now a question arises. We have the word prophet and we have the word messenger. Are they the same or do they mean different things? We say Adam was a prophet, but Nuh was a messenger. Prophet Muhammad was a prophet and a messenger. Musa was a prophet and a messenger. So how are some only prophets while others are prophets are called prophets and messengers? Now the scholars have mentioned that a messenger, I need the definition of a messenger. There are two things I need to point out. So a messenger is a man who received revelation from Allah. And he was sent to preach it to a disbelieving nation. That's the first point. A man who received, and a messenger is a man who received revelation from Allah. And he was sent it, and he was sent to preach it to a disbelieving nation. And the example they give is like Prophet Musa alayhi salam. So Musa was given revelation from Allah. And he was sent to a disbelieving people. Banu Israel. Yeah. He was sent to a, and a disbelieving people. He was sent to Fir'aun as well, disbeliever. Or... And the other part of a definition of a messenger, or, and he was given revelation and sent to a believing nation to complete the revelation of a previous messenger. So he was given revelation, and he, or, he was another man who was given revelation from Allah, and he was sent and instead to a believing nation, meaning a believing nation, a nation that was practicing the scripture that was given to their previous prophet and the previous messenger. So that person or that man was rece- uh, received revelation from Allah and he was sent to a believing nation to complete the revelation of a previous messenger. The example is Prophet Isa alayhi salam. Who, uh, who was he sent to? Prophet Isa was sent to Banu Israel. Banu Israel was following the Torah, the book out the scripture that was given to Musa. They were believing people, following a scripture. So he was sent to them to call them back to following the Torah in the correct manner, in the correct way. And not only that, Isa alayhi salam, he was sent with a revelation which would complete the revelation of Musa for those people in that time. He was sent with the Injil. We read in the Quran that Isa was sent with the Injil. So that was to be added, and that revelation was to be added and to, the, uh, to Banu Israel, so that they may and he follow the latter part of revelation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent with Prophet Isa and he for them. So this are two points here in a definition of a messenger. Now a prophet, 
What is the definition of a prophet according to the Islamic and the terminology? They say a prophet is a man who was given revelation, but not sent to a disbelieving nation. Okay, a prophet is a man who was given revelation, but he was not sent to a disbelieving nation. And the revelation was either for him alone to act upon and to live by, or he was sent to a believing nation who already was following scripture from a previous messenger to implement the revelation they already had. So in the definition of a prophet, either a man who received revelation from Allah, but he was not sent to call and call a people to it. He was not sent to a disbelieving people. So he was given revelation, and he for a certain purpose that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has give, had given him. Or he was sent to a believing nation, but he was not sent with additional revelation. He was not sent with additional revelation at Prophet Isa. But he was sent to call the people to implement the revelation that they already had. For example, the prophets that came after Musa up to Isa, alayhi salam. We know there's Prophet Zakaria and all of those prophets between and the Prophet Musa and Prophet Isa. They all, and he was sent to Banu Israel to make them implement and the revelation that was sent to them. That's why they referred to as prophets in the Quran and they're not referred to as any messengers. So the scholars, after analyzing and in the evidences in the Quran and the Sunnah, and these are the definitions that they have given for the word messenger and the word prophet. Now those prophets and messengers whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to mankind, and they were the perfect example. They were the perfect representation of excellence amongst mankind. They had outstanding descriptions. They were outstanding examples for humankind. They were the carriers of guidance. Allah favored them and need to be guides, to be rectifiers of societies. He chose them by his perfect knowledge and wisdom and favored them with the most praiseworthy attributes, the most remarkable and distinguishing attributes of human beings. This is why the, the prophets and the messengers, they are the best of mankind. They are the best of mankind because they were the best of mankind in every single thing. And and in their attributes, in their mannerisms. And likewise, they were the best of mankind because Allah chose them and gave them revelation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from His perfect knowledge and wisdom, they, He chose the best of mankind to send them to their people. They were the best example. They were the representation of excellence, of goodness during their time. So Allah chose them and need to be those guides so that people can emulate them and follow them and follow their and the good examples. Allah Azza wa says, وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ وَإِقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيْتَاءَ الزَّكَاءِ وَكَانُوا لَنَا عَابِدِينَ Allah Azza says regarding the prophets and the messengers that we made them and we made them a'imma, leaders, 
يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا They are guided by our command. And they, and they guide, and he meaning guiding mankind by our command. And we reveal to them the doing of good. And to establish the prayer. And to give the compulsory charity. And they were our worshippers. And they were our worshippers. So therefore Allah bestowed upon them wisdom, strength of intellect, soundness in opinion, and uprightness in moral character, and mannerisms, and gave them the position of proclaiming, proclaiming His commands, His rewards, His prohibitions, and the consequences, the adab, the punishment, and encouraged them towards that which contains true happiness and success, in this world and the next. So the prophets and the messengers, they were the best example, with the best attributes. And they clarified the message that was given to them from Allah, so that mankind can be guided to that which contains true happiness for them, and success in this world and the end the next. So for this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables His prophets and His messengers to have the greatest role and the greatest impact on human life and in human history. Since they were those, they were those who brought the connection between mankind and their Creator. They were those who rectified that connection between mankind and the end and their Creator. And of course we know that the purpose of the creation of mankind is to worship Allah Azza wa Jal alone. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn and mankind except to worship me alone. To worship me alone. So mankind was created with a purpose. With a purpose. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He created mankind with a purpose, he did not just leave them on the earth to their own selves, for them to work out what they need to do. But instead, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decreed that mankind will spend an appointed time on earth. Then they will return to Him on the Day of Judgment to be taken into account for their deeds, for their actions, for what they worshipped and who they worshipped and how they led their lives, that they fulfilled the trust that was upon them. So therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to from his mercy upon mankind, he sent prophets and messengers to them. He did not leave mankind without a purpose, nor did he give mankind a purpose and just left them to their own selves. But Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful to mankind. And from his mercy, he sent the prophets and the messengers. Allah Azza wa Jal says, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ Do you perceive, do you think, that we created you in vain? That we created you in vain? And that you would not be brought any before us. 
and that you will not be brought any back to us. So therefore we see here that Allah did not create mankind in vain without a purpose. He created mankind with a purpose and facilitated certain affairs for them to actualize the purpose of their lives. And set them reminders with the prophets and the messengers and the best of teachers and the best examples and revelation, books of revelation, books of teachings that they will read and learn and implement so they can fulfill their purpose. Because they are going to end their lives and they are going to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will be taken into account. Allah Azzawajal says, يَحْسَبُ الْإِنسَانُ أَنْ يُتْرَكَ سُدًا does man think and perceive that they will be left in vain, left without a purpose? أَلَمْ يَكُنْ نُطْفَةً مِّنْ مَنِيِّ يُمْنَى ثُمَّ كَانَ عَلَقَةً فَخَلَقَ فَسَوَّى وَجَعَلَ مِنْهُ الزَّوْجَيْنِ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى أَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ بِقَادِرٍ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُحْيَى الْمَوْتَى Does man think that he will be left in vain? Meaning that he will not be taken into account. Was he not a nutfa? Was he not a nutfa? Meaning a discharge. And he of semen emitted. Then he became an alaqa, a clot of, of blood, and in the womb of his mother. And he was shaped and fashioned in due proportion, and made from it. And in that discharge, that alaqa, that cloth of blood, cloth of blood, he made both male and female. And he Allah, and is he Allah then not able to give life to the dead? Is he Allah then not able to give life to the dead? So Allah, he points to his perfect ability, that he is fully able to bring mankind back to life the way he was able to create them from nothing and gave them an existence, and gave them a beginning, a process, a beginning in their lives. Thus from his perfect wisdom and mercy to them, to humankind, he chose the best and the more complete amongst them, and sent them in revelation from him, in accordance to their time, and in accordance to their circumstances. And he perfected that revelation for them, to support their religious and their worldly needs and circumstances, and the hereafter. For in the best way possible, the guidance and the rectification of their people, and in matters they had erred in and had got wrong in, in matters of creed and the obedience and in actions. Then Shikha Salih Buthaymin, and he gets us to ponder upon something very, very important here. Something regarding the condition of mankind. For us to realize our condition. And he says, لَمَّا كَانَ الْعَقْلِ الْبَشَرِي لَا يَتَمَكَّنْ مِنْ عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى عَلَى الْوَجْهِ أَلَّذِي يَرْضَاهُ وَيُحِبُّ He says, since the human intellect is unable to independently determine and decide the worship of Allah in the manner and way which pleases him, and is most beloved to him. And a very important statement for us to realize our condition. The human intellect is unable to independently determine and decide 
the best way to worship Allah, or the way to worship Allah according to that which He Allah is pleased with. So human beings, the aql, the intellect is limited. Allah created us from the womb of our mothers without we were ignorant. La ta'lamuna shay'a. You know nothing. We did not know anything. We had the natural disposition that there was a creator. But Allah created us and from the womb of our mothers we were ignorant. We knew nothing. So the intellect of the human being is unable to independently determine the worship of Allah in the manner and the way which He Allah is pleased with. As we, when we grow up, and if we notice, we need teachings, we need people to teach us things. And upon that knowledge, we build certain experiences, we build that knowledge on how to do certain things in our lives. But a human being is unable, if left alone, is unable to independently determine how Allah wants us to worship Him. So therefore from His wisdom, Allah sent messengers and prophets to clarify that. And He says, and likewise in addition, since the human intellect is unable to independently initiate and come up with an appropriate, ordered, organized, or integrated life system and legislation, meaning laws and the justice system, for a nation according to the differences and diversity in the position, the responsibilities and the condition of the people, meaning for the correct functioning of individuals in society, spiritually and their worldly affairs. As this, no one can encompass it except Allah, the Creator alone. The one who created them, and the one who has complete knowledge of their condition, of their temperament, their needs, their, their circumstances. Allah has perfect knowledge of what is suitable and more correct for them, as He is the one who initially designed and created their condition and in needs and circumstances. And a very strong thing to reflect upon here, as the Sheikh mentioned. Mankind is unable to encompass the knowledge to understand human beings in totally. We are still learning about ourselves, are we not? Our bodies, our health, our minds, how we work. Okay, there's always studies, science coming out, okay, for us to learn about our own selves, what, what we are about, how you know our body, what our body is made up of, how our body works, etc. etc. So if mankind does not have that knowledge, that full and complete knowledge of how the human being is, their condition of how they work, therefore they are unable to create the perfect legislation, the perfect laws, the perfect way of life to suit everybody, to suit everybody according to their differences in their circumstances, differences in their temperament, the differences in the thinking of the people, etc., etc. It is only Allah whose knowledge encompasses everything, encompasses human beings in all aspects. Only He 
can determine and decree and reveal and produce a legislation, a way of life that fits all of these people, that befits I mean, the whole of humankind. So the Shaykh says, therefore, from the wisdom of Allah and His mercy, He sent messengers and revealed scriptures to reform and to readjust His creatures and establish proofs upon them. Allah says, the messengers who were sent as bearers of that tidings and warners against evil in order that mankind should have no plea and no argument against Allah after the messengers, meaning after the messengers were sent. So the Shaykh says, so the wisdom in sending the messengers is summarized in the following. And in the wisdom in the sending of the messengers, the prophets and the messengers, is summarized according to this point. So he's going to mention three points. Three points, just to summarize the wisdom in the sending of the messengers. And then the shaykh has a lot of extra kalam, which is very nice and regarding this topic. He said, Al-awwal, iqamatul hujja ala al-khalqi hatta la yahtaj ahad ala Allah. He said, firstly, and in the first wisdom, we see, according to the evidences, the verses that we've read, the first wisdom is to, for establishing and showing the proofs against humanity, so that no one is able to have an argument before Allah. Meaning, from the perfect wisdom of Allah Azza wa Jal, He created mankind for a purpose and He decreed that they will be held accountable at the end of their lives, on the day of judgment. So therefore, if Allah Azza wa Jal did not send any messengers and prophets to guide them, to tell the people about their purpose in their life and this is the way of life that you should follow, this is legislation, this is the laws. So therefore, on the day of judgment, the people will say, we didn't know. We didn't have any knowledge. So they will have an argument against Allah. So Allah has blocked this argument by the sending of the prophets and the messengers because he has sent revelation, scriptures, and those perfect examples to teach the people. So the people will have no argument on the day of judgment that they didn't know or that they weren't aware. So the Sheikh says, again, firstly, for establishing proofs against humanity. So no one is able to have an argument before Allah on the Day of Judgment. Allah says, and from a verse where the people have mentioned, if only you had sent a messenger to us, then we would have followed your signs and proofs before we were or we are humiliated and disgraced. لَوْلَا أَرْسَاتَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا فَنَأْتَبِعْ آيَاتِكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ and مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ نَذِلَّ if only you had sent a messenger to us, then we would have followed your signs and proofs before we are humiliated and disgraced. So therefore, the Sheikh says, certainly Allah has blocked this argument. Allah has blocked this argument from its core by the sending of the messengers and aiding them with clear signs and proofs indicating their truthfulness and the trueness of their prophethood, and the soundness and the correctness of their way. So that is only the first 
and the first point. The first point, to put the evidences and to put the proof, to establish the proof against humanity. Secondly, Athani, Tawjihu Nas, Wa Irshaduhum Lima Fihi Al Khaira Salah Lahum Fidinihim Wa Dunyahum. He says, secondly, for guiding and directing the people to all to all the things and the affairs that contains good and benefits for them in their religious and worldly affairs. Meaning both in their religious and their worldly affairs. The Sheikh says, because certainly the people, regardless of how much understanding and intelligence and cleverness they have been given, their minds still remain incapable, incapable of independently organizing and perfect an all-encompassing life system and legislation, capable of reforming and re- rectifying nations in their entirety in a way that is complete and perfect, adequate and suitable as a nation that is coherent and is consistent, adequately equipped and proportionally and fairly just, and to give and ensure the rights of those and the rights of those who deserve and those rights. Again, a powerful statement, and he by the Sheikh. And he says, because certainly people, regardless of how much understanding and intelligence and cleverness they have been given, their minds still remain incapable of independently organizing an all-perfect encompassing life system, including legislation, capable of reforming and rectifying nations in their entirety and in every way possible, in a way that is complete and perfect and adequate and suitable, a nation that is coherent, has got the right equipment, adequately equipped, and a nation and a system that will be fair and will be in due proportion to ensure that the people receive their rights to ensure that the people receive any their rights. The Sheikh says, and brings a hadith of the Prophet and the Prophet said, my example is like that of a man who lit a fire. Okay, my example is like that of a man who lit a fire, and when it shed light on its surrounding, meaning the fire shed its light, on its surrounding. And if flying insects, of course, go attracted to the light, flying insects would fly to it and fall in it. So he, and that man, would begin to prevent them and try to push them away and prevent them, but they would overwhelm him. They would overwhelm him. So those insects and those fire, they will be, and he focused on going towards the light and they will end up being burned in the fire. To this man, as much as he is able to, those flies, those flying insects are coming into that fire and they overwhelm him so he cannot protect them from it. So he said, so I tell him, that he said this, I am withholding you back from the fire, but you instead dive in it. But you instead, and you dive in it. So he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, meaning that he has been sent 
clarify the message and to prevent the people from entering the hellfire. But certain people still persist. Certain people still persist. And they lead a life, they take away any method that leads them to the hellfire. So the Sheikh says to the messengers, drive people away from whatever harms them. And they call them to whatever is beneficial only to them. So the first, and a wisdom the Sheikh mentioned is, I need to establish proofs against humanity. Secondly, I need for guiding and directing the people to everything that contains good and benefit in, I need for their religious and worldly affairs. Because however intelligent man may be, he is still incapable of forming this all-encompassing life system and laws that will suit everybody and will bring rectification to everybody. As we can notice around us, my brothers and sisters, as we can notice around us, as we see the man-made laws, okay, are they all encompassing? Are they all rectifying? And if other people did not. But see and look how the message of Muhammad changed a whole nation. But nations, how the Arabs were, and before al-Islam, they were considered to be the worst of the people, the rubble and the rubbish of the people on the face of the earth. That's what the, 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 the Arabs were seen as, and before al-Islam. They were seen as the worst, the lowest of the people on the earth. That's how other nations perceived them. And Islam came, took them, from the darknesses to the one true light, and they became the best of the people in 23 years. In 23 years, the call of the Messenger, and they became the best of the people. And instead of being looked down upon, they were looked up to. And they conquered and the different nations with what? And their speech, calling people to Tawheed, calling people to Allah. And the subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they opened and the countries and vast amounts of land. Look how we see that revelation which is all encompassing and all rectifying. So the people rectify a nation and they brought that rectification to other nations. It spread out across the earth. That indeed is a revelation which is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not laws that men invent, that is not really suitable, and they change it all the time, and it doesn't really fit every situation, and then they complain, and then they want a change in laws, they want this and they want that, etc., etc. We see the laws and the legislation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent is all-encompassing and is suitable for the whole of mankind. The last revelation is suitable for the whole of mankind. The third wisdom, the third point, Regarding the wisdom in the sending of the prophets, the Sheikh said, "Jam al ummah ala dinin wahidin wa rajulun wahid." He says, "Thirdly, the messengers were sent to unite people upon one religion, and the following of one man, meaning that prophet and that messenger. That is the example that they should follow: to unite the people upon one religion." And the following of one man. He says, indeed, people's submission, 
people's submission to what they witness from the signs and the proof supporting and aiding the truthfulness of prophets is the quickest and the most powerful and most profound. And it brings the strongest adherence. For indeed, when they unite upon him with a deeply rooted doctrine and creed and firm faith and rectification and purification, reform occurs. And he reform and that rectification and it occurs. So that's the third and the wisdom in the sending of the prophets. To unite the people upon one religion. If the people were left to their own desires and their own minds, you'll find every person has a different religion and every person has a different law because all of their minds differ and people have different feelings. The people have different experiences and they will all want things that are befitting for them. What they think. But Allah did not leave us to what, what we think. He sent a revelation that will fit and be suitable for the whole of mankind. So that revelation to rectify the thoughts of mankind, their emotions, and lead to their rectification. And lead to them to be united upon one religion, and one revelation, and to follow one man. To follow one man, that one example which Allah Azawajal and who Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent, and in our case, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is the perfect example for humanity. The Sheikh then continues, and he speaks about and what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent to support His messengers. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent, I need to support his messengers and in their mission. He said, let's think for a moment. Let's think. He says, if a man from amongst us were to come forward and say to us that he's a prophet whose revelation has been revealed to and his obedience is obligatory, that whosoever disobeys him will receive the, will receive the hellfire. And whosoever obeys him will receive paradise. Then he produces legislations and sets instructions for a way of life and says, implement any of this legislation or else, or if not, then you will all receive the hellfire. Then the Sheikh says, and if then no one will accept this from him, however truthful and trustworthy he may be, or he may be known to be, until he brings and puts forward a proof indicating his truthfulness, meaning indicating that he has been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he's the prophet, that his message is true. So he says, if anyone rejects the claim of this claimer, of this claimant, who does not bring forth a proof for his truthfulness, then he will not be blameworthy. Then, here the people will not be blameworthy of rejecting any his claim and rejecting him. He says, so the case, so the argument, which the intellect accepts and recognizes and admits, is that it is upon the claimant to provide proof, or else it is not obligatory, I need to accept his claim. Or else it is not obligatory to accept his claim. So the Sheikh said now is giving a little introduction. 
for us to think that if anybody comes forward and says, I am a prophet, I'm a messenger, this is the legislation, you need to follow this, etc., etc. Now, if this man does not provide any proof that he is a prophet or his messenger, then there is no blame upon the people that they don't accept from him. There is no blame upon the people. So he, the Shaykh, is giving the introduction and he then to mention that Allah Azza wa Jal has supported his messengers with proofs and signs and miracles to prove to the people that they are indeed messengers from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the prophets and all of the messengers, they received miracles and proofs and signs which indicated the trueness of their prophethood, the authenticity of the revelation that they have. And he whipped them. So if somebody comes along and says, I'm a prophet and a messenger, so where's your proof? Where's your proof? Both messengers and prophets receive miracles. Both prophets and messengers, and they receive, and they miracles, and, uh, signs and proofs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So where's your proof? So the Shaykh says, Nobody can bring any proof, so therefore nobody is blameworthy to reject this guy or this person. But of course we know, and the Shaykh, he is giving example. Of course we know that Muhammad wasallam is the last in the seal of the prophets. And there will be no prophets after him. There will be no messengers after him. So the Shaykh continues and he says, So to perfect the establishment of proof upon the creation and in the sending of the prophets. So to perfect this, to perfect the establishment of proof and against the creation in sending the prophets, Allah supported His messengers with clear signs and proofs which indicate only their trueness, their truthfulness, and that they are truly messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah azza wa jal, and He did not choose His messengers and left them by themselves to guide the people. But Allah further supported them. Gave them revelation, but further supported them for them to prove clearly to the people that they are true messengers and prophets. He gave them miracles, which Allah caused to occur and at their hands. And when the people will see these miracles, they will see and they understand that these things are abnormal. They are outside the ordinary laws of the existence of creation. And nobody will able to do this and accept the Creator. So therefore people will accept from these prophets and these messengers. So the Shaykh says, So therefore Allah chose from the people whom He knows are suitable for revelation and prophethood, possessing the good qualities of being and He right for it, and are capable of fulfilling its responsibilities and bear patiently upon the plots of his enemies. So the, the prophets and the messengers, when Allah chose them, and they all had these qualities, good qualities of they are suitable people for bringing that revelation forward to the people. And that they are actually capable of fulfilling its responsibilities. And they are able to bear patiently upon and the plots of his enemies. And the harms from the people. So those prophets and the messengers were, and he chose them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they all had these, these qualities. 
to complete that mission and to complete the establishment of proofs upon the creation. Then the Shaykh continues and he says, Allah did not send a messenger except that he aided him with signs and proofs indicative of the truthfulness of his prophethood and the validity of his claim. Again, Allah did not send a messenger except that he aided him with signs and proofs. People called miracles. Indicative, indicative and of the truthfulness of his prophethood and the validity of his claim. Allah Azza wa says, لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلَنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ Indeed, we have sent our messengers with bayinat, with clear signs and proofs. Meaning, and the Shaykh says, with apparent and evident signs and proofs, which does not leave any room for doubting what the sent messengers came with. So those signs, those miracles, and those proofs that Allah supported and aided His prophets and messengers with, they did not leave any room for doubt. They did not leave any room for doubt in what those messengers and he was sent with. So basically meaning, and those signs and those proofs were basically not within or they were beyond the human ability. They were things that were beyond the human ability, beyond the ability of all creation, beyond the ordinary laws and of the existence of creation. It is the Prophet ﷺ said, There has been no prophet except that each one has been given signs and proofs which no one has ever believed in any before. So all of the prophets and the messengers, they were given miracles, and it was called miracles, are the signs and the proofs, signs and the proofs of their prophethood. Is what people refer to as miracles. They are the signs and the proofs of prophethood. All of them, they were given signs and proofs, I mean, rocket miracles, that no other previous prophet or messenger was given. So all of it was, I mean, new signs and new miracles that they were given, suitable for their time and suitable for the circumstances of the people, which we will see soon, inshallah, when the, t- the Sheikh. And he speaks about that. And he says, And these signs and proofs which the messengers came with were always beyond the normal abilities of humanity. If it were within anyone's ability, then it would not have been a valid sign due to mankind's ability of claiming prophethood and producing similar signs. And if it were within the abilities. And he saw those signs and proofs of prophethood, they were outside any human ability. Nobody can produce them except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The Shaykh says, if it was the case that it was possible, then they would not be valid as a sign or proof of prophethood. Because anybody could do it and say, I'm a prophet, and then produce some sort of sign which is within human ability. But of course, Allah Azza wa Jal, from His perfect wisdom and knowledge, He gave His prophets and messengers signs and proofs of prophethood that were beyond human ability, beyond the normal laws of the existence of mankind. The Sheikh says, but it is impossible for any other human being to produce similar signs, any of the messengers. And he says, the greatest of those miracles came in the same form of what was predominant amongst the people of their time, who those messengers were sent to, which has been acknowledged and confirmed by the scholars. And they used as points of evidence the miracles of Musa, and Isa and Muhammad So those prophets and uh, those signs, those proofs of prophethood that Allah Azza wa supported His prophets and messengers with, they came in the form of what was predominant in their time. What the people would know and understand. Yeah, and we will give these examples that the Sheikh mentions. I need to further clarify this. Meaning here that Allah did not give a miracle, only from the greatest miracles to His prophets and messengers, things that their people will not really understand what it is. But He gave those proofs and those signs, those miracles, and regarding things that people already know, but that what people will see as beyond human ability. They know something that they're very experienced in, something that they know well, those miracles will come in that form, but at a much higher level, by a much higher degree, beyond human ability. And the, 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 the scholars, and he pointed out the example of Musa, Isa, and Muhammad, alayhim salam, salam. So he says, and indeed during the time of Musa, Magic became so predominant that magicians were regarded as a profound skill, a profound skill, mastery, and expertise. Hence, for that reason, from the greatest miracles which Musa came with, surpassed the work of the magicians. Surpassed any the work and the actions of the magicians. In comparison, it resembled magic. And on the apparent view, on the outside, however, they are considerably different. Because since what Musa salam, brought or came with was actual reality, seen by the onlookers as opposed, as opposed to the magic and which the magicians came with, which deludes and the onlookers, creates an illusion for the eyes and before the eyes of those who are seeing it. So it creates an illusion, and it before them, and it's not reality. It's not reality. It's not really true. But to the people, it seems that that's what's happening, or what's, that was occurring before them. So these are the magic of the magicians. They occur, they cause certain things to occur before the eyes of the people, and it's not really reality. Okay, it's not reality. For example, it's not reality if they cause a rope to move 
It's not real that that rope is moving. It's all like an illusion. But the miracles of Musa, on the apparent, it would seem that is similar to magic, but in reality, it's, it's reality. It's true. It's actually occurring in that way, caused by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's not magic. What Musa came with wasn't magic. But it was made to seem as Suhaf has a picture of that so that the people understand. As the Sheikh mentioned, during the time of Musa, I mean, magic was predominant amongst the people. And it was seen as a profound skill and expertise, mastery. So people really, you know, it was quite widespread. And the people knew magic quite well. So therefore, from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sent the miracles of the, uh, uh, well, the greatest miracles and it to Musa, which we will discuss. And it to prove to the people that these miracles are far greater than your magic that you do. Far greater, beyond your ability. Again, to make it clear and it to the people that these, and that Musa alayhi salam, is a true prophet and a true messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, uh, the shaykh continues and he says, Additionally from the miracles which Musa came with was his staff and the stick that he had. His staff, which when he would let it go, when Musa would let his staff go and he released it from his hand, it would turn into a snake, a real snake. It would actually turn into a real live snake. And when Musa would grab it again, hold it again, it would turn from a snake to a staff. The staff that it was and he, before, the original staff that he had in his hand. So he, Musa, he, and he, he threw and he stopped before Fir'aun when he called him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show him the signs and the proofs and the miracles. So he said, likewise Musa would enter and he would put his hand in his pocket and he would come out white without any ailments on it and without any flaws, without any, as Sheikh said, any leprosy, etc., etc., without any ailments at all. And he also removed it and he before Fir'aun, so that he could see any the proofs and signs of his prophethood. So the Sheikh says, so when Fir'aun saw both of these miracles, both of these signs and proofs, he became arrogant. And he said to his council, and he said to his congregation around him, he was arrogant when he saw those signs. Of course, he cannot produce anything like it. And he was an arrogant person, claiming that people should worship him, that he is the Lord of all mankind and all creation. He was a tyrant. So when he saw those signs, he said to the, his council, the people around him, and his congregation, he said, Indeed, this is a well-learned magician. He wants to take you out from your land. By his magic. So what do you command? What do you want us for us to do with him? So the Sheikh says, Therefore Musa, and thereafter, 
Musa also, he released his stuff when the magicians casted their ropes and sticks before a great gathering in which Musa agreed, in which Musa alayhi salam agreed to. And he went through their own, requested that they arrange an appointment and between them, between Musa and the most learned magicians and in Misr in that time. So that he, Fir'aun, can become victorious over him and defeat Musa and prove to the people that he is the Lord of mankind. And to disprove what Musa had come with. So when all the people had gathered and the magicians had gathered before Fir'aun and Musa was there, the magicians, they began and they casted their magic. They casted their magic, they had ropes and sticks. And they said, by the might of Fir'aun, certainly we will be and victorious. So they casted, as Allah says, so they casted a mighty form of magic in which and their ropes, in which their ropes and sticks would give the illusion of them moving to the onlookers. To the people who were there, those ropes and sticks would appear as if they are any moving. And that time, that would seem as a mighty form of magic. A mighty form of magic. Then, in that gathering, Musa released his staff by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and behold, it swallowed the falsehood which they had showed. It swallowed the ropes and the sticks that those magicians had casted and released only before them. Hence the magicians who were the most knowledgeable, as the Sheikh mentioned, hence the magicians, and those who were there, who were the most knowledgeable and experienced in magic, came to know that what Musa presented was not magic, and instead is what was from the affairs which no human can deny, no human can dispute. Then the magicians fell down in prostration and said, We have believed in the Lord of the worlds, the Lord of Musa and Harun. Here a very important and a point I need to mention to understand the nature and the form in which some of the greatest miracles are those prophets and he were aided with and supported with. Here we see and he those to and establish the proofs against them. Allah Azza wa Jal sent proofs and signs that would overcome what the people actually know. Like in this case, Fir'aun gathered the most learned of the magicians in his times. The most learned magicians. And they casted their mighty form of magic. Ropes and sticks that would move. Before the eyes of the people, it would seem as if he was moving. But then Allah Azza caused the staff of Musa to turn in a, in a real into a real snake, and swallow up the falsehood that they had shown. So therefore, upon seeing this, those magicians, of course, were very surprised. They've never seen anything like it. They knew they were the those who are experience, more knowledgeable in magic in, in that time, they knew that that was beyond human ability. That that is beyond the normal limits that they had. 
They knew that that was, that was impossible. That is something which is, you can't dispute. You can't doubt in it. So that's why they fell on, the, on their face in prostration and believed in Musa and believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and proclaimed their, their faith, their acceptance that they became Muslims. So this is how profound Allah Azawajal and He sends His miracles, His signs and His proofs and in aid of His, of his messengers. And the Shaykh says, furthermore, Musa's staff had other uses, you know, other purposes. When Musa was searching for water for his people, he struck the rock with it, and twelve springs emerged from it, according to the number of the tribes of Ben Israel. That was another sign and proof to show to his people. And it had another use as well. When Musa and his people had reached the sea, fleeing from Fir'aun and his army, who were approaching behind him when they, and he left Misr and fleed from him. And they headed towards, and he the sea, the Red Sea. So Allah, when they reached the sea, Allah Azza revealed to Musa that he should strike the sea with his staff. So he struck it, and the sea dispersed and divided into 12 paths. Into 12 paths, according to to the number of the, of the tribes of Banu Israel. So the sea would disperse and it would divide into 12 paths. And the water, the sea water, will be like huge mountains, firm mountains of water to their side. So therefore, that was another funny miracle, another sign and proof of his prophethood that he was given where his stuff was used. And they crossed it. They crossed it, and then when Fir'aun had reached it, and his army were afraid, were in fear of what they have seen in front of them. Okay? He made a claim, and he told them that I am the one who caused it to divide like this in this manner. I am the one. So that we shall catch them. Okay? So that we may catch them. Okay? We may punch them further. Okay, this is how arrogant that man was. How arrogant that he was a tyrant. So they fell into his lie. And they all crossed. And the Musa and his people, and Ibn Israel, reached on the other side. Safe. And they were still within those paths, crossing through. And Musa, uh, Fir'aun and his army, then Allah decreed for the sea to go back the way it was. And they were drowned. And they were drowned. And when... He was saw that he was about to die, and he fell on. He said, I believe in the Lord of Musa. He tried to believe at the last point of his life. But Allah did not accept from him, as mentioned in the verse. Is it now that you believe? Well, before you disbelieved, and you were disobedient. So he, we understand that Tawbah, repentance, is not accepted when the soul has been removed from the body. Or as the soul is about to be removed from the body. As the scholars mentioned, this is one of the evidence. That Tawbah, so do not leave Tawbah to the last part of your life, brothers and sisters. Repent daily and constantly. Because when that's, that's your soul 
that point reaches where your soul is going to be taken off your body from the, uh, by the angel of death, there is no Tawbah that's been accepted. As we see in the case of Fir'aun. Then the Shaykh speaks about the time of Isa. So we see and understand the signs and the proofs that Isa was given. Isa alayhi salam. So he says in the time of Isa, and if the science of medicine was widely predominant, medicine was widely predominant in his time. People were involved in you know, medicine, you know, cues and medicine. It was widespread. It was the knowledge of the people. Thus his miracles came in the form of cures. Things that resembled medicine and, he, and cures, and it, which was prominent, which was predominant during his lifetime. In contrast, what he came with, and in no medicine is able to do its like. The proofs and the signs that Isa, Prophet Isa was given, no medicine is able to produce its like. The Shaykh said, he used to make out of clay the shape of a bird. And he would blow on it, and it would turn into a real flying bird by Allah's will. And in which the people witnessed before them. Now those miracles, or those proofs and signs, as those prophets and messengers were given, and they were actually proofs and signs that Allah was causing to occur at their hands. They themselves they did not have any power to decide which miracles, which signs and proofs they would have or do it from their own ability. It was only Allah alone who were, was causing it to happen at the ends of his and the prophets and his messengers. The Sheikh says, And he also used to cure those born blind and the lepers by Allah's will which were two ailments, two conditions, which medicine during that time, till our present time, as far as I know, the Sheikh says, as far as I know, cannot cure. In addition, some scholars mentioned that he, meaning Isa, he was called Al-Masih. And we see in the Quran, he was called Al-Masih. And he said the word Al-Masih, okay, we find that it's from the word Masih. Touch, the word mas, to touch. And he said, and they said, that he was called that because every ailment that he would touch, it would be cured by the will of Allah and his subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is said, this they say, this is why he was referred to as al-masih. And he from the word mas, which means touch. Because everything that he touched was cured by the will of Allah azza wa okay, Not by the will of Isa alayhi salam, not by his power, his might but by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has been mentioned in the Qur'an that Isa alayhi salam, he used to give life back to the dead by Allah's will. And in another verse, that he would bring out the dead. It says, these are two different actions. These are two different situations. And the first, he says, is the action of giving life to the dead, the action of giving life to the dead, that occurred before their burial. So Isa السلام, was given the miracle where Allah would raise the dead I mean, before they are buried. Give life back to the dead body. And as a miracle for the people to see that he was a prophet of Allah. And secondly, 
The second action of giving life and bringing them, and bringing them out of their graves that occurred after their burial. So there is no doubt that these signs and proofs which Isa was given, alayhi salam, that it is beyond human capability and no human can produce anything similar. So Isa, he was given the miracle, the sign and the proof that he was able to bring the dead back to life before they are buried. And even if after they buried, he was able to bring them back to life by Allah's will. And it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone who was causing this to occur, to occur. Therefore, him being supported with them is evidence and proof that he is a messenger from Allah. And he's the creator and the one who is fully able to create those miracles. So we see he again, in the time of Isa, they were well-versed and he in cues and medicine. So from the Proofs and signs of prophethood for Isa that he was able to give sight to the blind, those born blind by Allah's will, give life to the dead by Allah's will, give life to a clay shaped, and a bird, a bird which shaped out of clay by Allah's will, and he and other than that. So we see that when these miracles, these proofs and these signs of the prophets were given, that they came in the form of what people understand, you see they have a profound effect on the people. Because they know the limits. They know the limits of those things because they're quite well versed in it. It's quite widespread. They have good knowledge about it. So when those miracles will come in those forms, but beyond the ability, so therefore that emphasizes in their hearts that... That person, that man, is truly a prophet and a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is beyond human capability. And what they are seeing before them is beyond human capability. The Shaykh continues and he says, Certainly Allah has aided the messengers with other signs and proofs, but the greatest and the most evident and distinct of them came in the form and the type uh, of what was predominant. And in the time of those messengers. For this reason, Allah aided his messenger Muhammad with numerous signs. And the most evident of them being the noble Quran, which is the speech of the Lord of all creation. A scripture revealed by the most wise, worthy of all praise, which no falsehood is able to overcome it and alter it from any direction. This is because... And in the time of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, eloquence and proficiency in, in, of speech was widespread. Such that clarity and deliverance and eloquence and of speech became like the scene of battle, where pride and honor and authority was shown and sought, as it was known, as it is well known, to whoever and he follows and investigates history. So in the time of Muhammad the people were very, very eloquent, and the Arabs were very eloquent in the way they speak. For them, what was widespread amongst them, what they looked up to, what they engaged in, was things regarding speech. So 
As the Sheikh says, and in that time, eloquence and proficiency of speech was widespread, such that the Arabs, they would gather okay, and battle it out in terms of poetry, in terms of speech. What is, who are, which one has the most eloquent speech, the most eloquent poetry? Which one has more clarity in it? Which one delivers it in the best way? Okay? They will battle it out. Okay, as if it was a battlefield. This is where the, this is where the seeking and showing and the honor and the authority and status, etc., etc. So if that was widespread during that time, that was what the knowledge that the people were well versed in. Okay? Because whoever investigates history, as the Sheikh says, you know, you will see this. So therefore, from the, the greatest miracle that Muhammad was given was the Quran. Was the Quran. Because they were never able to produce, those Arabs, they were never able to produce anything like it. Even they were the most, they had at a very high level, mastery in speech, eloquence, profound speech, deliverance, making speech very clear, etc., etc. The best of poetries, etc., etc. They could not produce anything like the Quran, not even one verse. As the Prophet he challenged them. And they could never produce anything like it. So therefore for them, okay, they see, they know the human ability in that. And regarding speech and being eloquent in it. And when the Quran came, okay, they saw and they knew that that speech is beyond human ability. Is beyond their ability. So therefore, that will make it more profound upon them to accept the prophethood of Muhammad wasallam. Even those who disbelieved in Muhammad wasallam, they saw that, that was the case, that was true. That's why at night, a lot of them, they would go to the Prophet's house and try and hide and try to listen and eat to the recitation of the Qur'an. During the day, they would be trying to fight the Prophet wasallam, And the night, they will go individually so the other one does not know about it and creep up very near to his house and try to listen to the Qur'an. The most eloquent of speeches that they ever heard in their lives. And they were so baffled by it. They were very surprised by the level of the speech of the Qur'an. So the Sheikh says, and the miracles of, of the Prophets are their signs and their proofs, which the whole of humanity are incapable of producing their like. Allah referred to them as signs and proofs. In the Quran, you find that Allah referred to them and to those what we call miracles as signs and proofs. Ayat, signs and proofs of prophethood. And they were signs which indicate their truthfulness. And the truthfulness of those messengers regarding the revelation which they came with. So he said the term miracle, and in the science of terminology, Islamic terminology of the scholars, is defined as something which is sort of supernatural, something that occurs, something that is abnormal. Meaning, and it's something that occurred outside the ordinary laws of existence of creation, and meaning in this world, which Allah Himself caused to occur. And within this world, upon the hands, or by the hands of his messengers. And it is all free of being disproved or challenged. Meaning they are 
undisputable. Undisputable. All of the prophets and his signs and proofs, what we call miracles, they are all undisputable. They are all undisputable. They cannot be challenged because mankind cannot produce anything like it. Mankind cannot produce anything like it. As we've seen the example of the signs and proofs of Prophet Musa, Prophet Isa, and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu How many dec- How many hundreds of over fourteen hundred years? Yes, since Muhammad sallallahu came. Now we over fourteen hundred years, and mankind has not been able to produce anything like the Quran. That is a miracle. Fourteen hundred years, over fourteen hundred years. No one, no Arab, no person who has mastery in Arabic is able to produce one single verse like the Quran. And that is miracle. That's the miracle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why you find that the Quran and it is a miracle. It's the sign, it's the greatest sign and proof of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Quran is not, has, been, has not been altered, has not been changed. Allah Azza wa Jal has preserved it and will protect it. And you will find and the academics, the Muslims and non-Muslims agree the Quran has not been changed. All old manuscripts throughout history is known that the Quran has been preserved exactly the same that was revealed to Muhammad and his sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that miracle will stay until and at the end of time as a proof over the whole of mankind, because Islam was sent for the whole of mankind. The whole of mankind. And Muhammad ﷺ was the last of the messengers. So his greatest miracle will remain on the earth amongst mankind as proof against them. Until Allah takes back the Quran and the end of time or the day of judgment and he will occur. Now other examples that the Sheikh mentioned are regarding the uh, signs and the miracles of Muhammad sallallahu that he was given. Uh, for example, the splitting of the moon and water flowing from his fingers. And he was given those signs and those miracles. And others, the Sheikh says, which you and he will come across. Something and he which occur, occurs according to the ordinary laws of creation's existence, it is not considered to be a miracle. For example, if a person says, if a person says, I will show you a miracle that an hour will not pass by except that the sun will rise. And that this person said this less than an hour before sunrise. Okay? And he said, I will show you a miracle. Before sunrise, just before sunrise, he said, I will show you a miracle. An hour will not go past except that the sun will rise. Okay? And then, of course, the sun rises within that hour. And this person claims that this is a miracle. That's a miracle. I've, I've, proved, I've proven to you a miracle. So the Sheikh says, now according, now of course the sun will rise according to its normal occurrence, as Allah has decreed. Okay, and this does not go beyond the ordinary laws of creation. Thus, that is not really a miracle. That is not a miracle that the sun rises in the time that it's supposed to rise. But miracles, I and mean, the signs and the proofs of prophethood, they go way beyond that. They go way beyond that. So he says, So when the sun rises in its normal time, then that is not considered to be a miracle for this person. Because when it rises within its time according to its normal occurrence, then this is not beyond the 
or the laws of creation. So thus, if something has an unusual occurrence, but it can be explained within the laws of creation, that it is not considered to be a miracle as well. If, somebody has, if something has an unusual occurrence, but it can be explained within the laws of creation, that it is not considered to be a miracle. Say, for example, the affairs that occur from the magicians and the sorcerers and their likes. And the magicians and the sorcerers, and those doing sihr, they can <coughs> cause things to occur before the eyes of the people, illusions, etc., etc. Okay, they'll come to you with information, etc., etc., about you that, you know, you yourself probably didn't know. Okay, as they do that, you know, calling upon the jinn. The Sheikh says here. And so if it can be explained, I say for example, and the affairs that occur from the magicians and the sorcerers and their likes, as these incidents which they produced can be disputed, it can be disproved by the possibility of other magicians and sorcerers replicating the same. So if somebody comes and says, okay, he's somebody who does magic, and he tries to trick the people and says he's, the prophet, he's a prophet, and he does some form of magic, which causes some illusion, ropes moving. Okay? Somebody, we're doing something, or he comes with information that only you would know about yourself. The sheikh says then, if this something looks as abnormal, not within the laws of creation, but in, in fact it is not. Because it is within the ability of the other sorcerers and other magicians. They all can do that. So therefore that disproves that it is a, a miracle or a proof or a sign and of prophethood. So that is another way of and disproving, invalidating and the claims of the claimers who, came and who comes and say that they are prophets and they are messengers and they are only involved in actions which are sihr and which are mag- magic. So the Sheikh says, and if an abnormal occurrence takes place at the hands of a righteous or a pious individual, then this is not considered to be a miracle in the science of Islamic terminology. But rather, it is called karama. I mean, a sign that he has been honored with. A sign that he has been honored with. Moreover, this karama, which occurs for some pious persons, is in reality a miracle of the message of Allah wasallam, who that pious individual is a follower of, and implementing his guidance. So in this case, the karama is an evidence for the correctness of the path, and he follows. So the shaykh is mentioning here, and some of the righteous people can be given signs, okay, which is karama. They're not miracles. They're not signs that they are divine, should be worshipped, or that they are prophets, etc., etc. Some of the righteous, and from the past, are known to have karama, certain signs, which Allah said, and he gave them, and he threw out because of their piety. And they're following the example of Muhammad So if a person <coughs> has a karama, which has been given by them, but to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is not a miracle, that is not a sign. That is the proof that the path he follows is correct. Yeah, that is the proof that the path he follows is correct. Why? Because the follower of Muhammad If he's implementing the, the, the revelation of Muhammad either way, it should be implemented that that is just an, a sign of honor for that person. It does not mean that that person should be worshipped. But be careful of those who get involved in magic. And on the outside, they've got the biggest beards, 
the righteous person, okay, seclusion, 40 years in a cave, etc., etc. Are you hearing the stories around? And then okay, they get involved into these actions of sihr, okay, and then people start worshipping them. He's got karama, he's divine. He's got a high level now. Okay, we worship him, we follow him, and he will intercede for us on the day of judgment. Okay, that is not the case. I read these, you need to be careful about the tricks of the shaitan and the tricks of those who are involved or involved in magic. Um, we shall, due to the time, we shall conclude here. And there's other points of benefit that the sheikh brings. Of course, we will end here, inshallah. And of course, we stress the point in understanding this topic. Because that goes from the foundation of our purpose of our lives, the, and the origin of the creation of mankind. And we've seen the, and the wisdom in the sending and the, of the prophets. And the, some of the wisdom in the sending of and the, the prophets. And the Sheikh, of course, the main objectives here that we have learned, the Sheikh, and he mentions, and he summarizes them. Of course, to establish evidence against the people that they have no argument before Allah on the Day of Judgment that they would not send anybody to teach them, to show them the way. And likewise, the prophets were sent to guide the people to that which is best in their life, for their needs in their religious affairs and the hereafter. And likewise, thirdly and lastly, as the Sheikh mentioned, I need to unite people upon one religion and following one, one person, as an example. That, who is that prophet? that they were sent. So we end with this, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for beneficial knowledge, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in righteous actions, and we thank and the brothers and the sisters and in Derby who's invited us down and to do this lecture, and we hope and we ask Allah subhanahu